X gonna give it to you. <laughs> Yo, what up, people? What's going on? We are back here on What's the Word Entertainment. Obed and Sherman are in the building. What's going on with you, man? Living the dream, sir. Living the dream. Love that little intro there. Yeah, man. Had to do it up, man. We only only had to do it up right, man. As everyone, I'm sure, knows by now, uh, the famed rapper DMX, unfortunately, has passed away at the age of 50. Let's just, let's just get into it, dude. Yeah. I mean... Oh man, dude, I mean, going back to, like I said, the late 90s, this was the two, like all throughout my high school, you know what I mean? Like it was bumping. Like that first album is Dark and Hell. That album was straight fuego, son. 100%. You know what I mean? Like the impact, dude, he made gangster rap even more, more, just so much more popular. You know what I mean? The hits he had, I guess that X gonna give it to you. Uh, stop being How's greedy. How's it going down? Get at me, dog. You know, get what at I mean? me, dog. I do. I oh just feel goodness. like barking right now. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Rough Riders like, anthem. The Rough Riders dude, anthem was uh, was like 1998, nine summer, 98 summer. You know what I mean? Dude, that was crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like he has over 74 million records sold worldwide. It's just, uh, you know, I was reading an article that he was the first artist to debut an album at number one five times in a row on the Billboard 200 chart, that's which is just, just crazy. I mean, absolute dominance, you know, you like know that's, I mean? he was a fantastic artist. Fantastic. Right. Artist. I mean, for me, my favorite song is, I guess, it's probably either Rough Riders Anthem or Where the Hood At, man, because dude, right. dude, it just goes hard. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, I'm telling you, last when that when it was announced that he passed last Friday, I was bumping DMX all weekend long. So oh my goodness, I couldn't, I couldn't. I heard his spins were crazy. His uh, his numbers as far as how many uh, streams he's had over the weekend, and I mean, I think it's just ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous to think we lost somebody like that at 50 years old. You know, makes me think of when Childish Gambino was like, "Damn, we can even make it to 50." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I obviously life had gone its route course with him uh and he lived it to the fullest i think they had him in an interview with uh noriega uh mm-hmm. and nori you know he was like listen if i were to die today i could at least say that i lived a full life right you know right. yeah I mean, hey then hey you know what good kudos to him shout out to dmx um you know, earl, aka earl simmons <laughs> his what's my name, name earl <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah but condolences to him the family yeah. and friends and all that but man dude does yeah. he'll definitely leave a legacy all the rap game that's for sure um yeah dude, I'm, honestly i'm just gonna keep bumping dmx the rest of the week <laughs> it's it's definitely dude. nostalgic it's definitely nostalgic yeah, to think yo. about that time you know like this is mm-hmm. we're talking about late 90s new york when the locks were trying to get out mm. of bad boy because Diddy had turned it into shiny shoot men, you know, and <laughs> right. Like, and then this guy and who all, just and all white parties and all white parties. Right. Like, I mean, he's trying to, he's trying to find his second wind after the passing of Biggie Smalls. Right. Right. You know, and, and here we are just out of nowhere, just somebody's completely from the streets, just com- like kind of like the, uh, I don't know if I call him a, a, a rap Basquiat, but he was just an eccentric character who mm-hmm. exuded, you know, just his artistry to a T, you mm-hmm. know, and I think he, he will be missed. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, well said, my friend. Let's let's keep it moving. Um, something cool I saw the other day was there. I don't know if you saw this at all, Ben, but I was in the on the PBA tour. I was a professional bowler. Uh, 18 year old actually professional bowler bowled uh hit, excuse me hit a 710 split yes the rare 710 split was probably one of the rarest feats in sports you know what i mean he hit those two yeah. corner pins that, yep. that, that junk is insane i don't know i mean like i think it's only like the fourth time it's ever been done on tour on, on the pba tour history i think they said it just made got me thinking of like these rare like sports oddities that you don't really see all the time yep. like you know what i mean like like a perfect game in baseball yeah is is rare uh almost had one recently yep yeah you know or even sometimes the triple play in baseball uh, a quadruple double in basketball yep i'm just trying to think of any other kind of rare like sports moments that you kind of see that are you know not so often i don't know if you can think of any of your from your standpoint obed but it was just it was just cool to kind of see it happen I was, I agree with you. It was, it was wild. I mean, I'm, you know, shout out to the kid, 18 years old. I don't know if he's like the LeBron James of bowling or something. I don't know if <laughs> trying to find a shoe, uh, but you know, I was trying to think of like, well, you know, what oddities that I ever look at. And like, you know, I learned about football, uh, when I moved to the States in 94, like had no idea, never interacted with the sport before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, as I got into my fandom, I'm watching, you know, a Patriots game where, 
for me, once you understand football very loosely in the beginning, it's like, okay, the quarterback throws the ball. So an oddity for me was when quarterbacks are not throwing the ball or say a punter like Tom Tupa, who played for the Jets, gets a chance to play quarterback because Vinny Desiverde is injured and goes uh, six of 10 for two touchdowns, I think 165 yards. Now they did lose that game. They did <laughs> lose that game, but, but he dope. fried the Patriots. He had a passer rating of 143.7. Mm. You know, like just, just ridiculousness the way That's this guy punter. played yeah, as a punter, right? And then, you know, you think so, about it conversely. What about, you know, when quarterbacks decide to punt? And to his credit, now one of the punts is missing because he only has three in his career. This man has a 34 yards per punt average, just booming punts out here. That man's name is Tom Brady. Shout out to the GOAT. <laughs> Did you just throw out a Tom Brady punt stat? Come on. Sam. Had to, had to. Come Give on. the streets. What the streets want from a nobody <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like what's going to happen throughout the entire show today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. I can't. I, I'm not going to stop it. I'm not going to stop yeah, it. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like, but you know, that's just it's just funny. It, it is kind of cool to see, like I said, a rare sports oddity like that. Things you don't yeah. see all the time happen. You know what I mean? So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and some other, I guess, disheartening news. Um, the Minnesota sports teams between the Twins, the, the Timberwolves, and even the Wild postponed their games on Monday night following the shooting of a 20-year-old black man by the name of Dante Wright over in the suburb of Brooklyn City. Now, apparently, the police officer that was that did shoot and kill the 20-year-old mistakenly uh, fired her firearm instead of her taser gun or her stun gun that she, she claimed she intended to do. Is this just another sense of police brutality, Obed, and we won't stay, stick on this topic for too long, but is this another sense of police brutality or just do you think it's a possible legitimate mistake? Um, Stevie Wonder could see that it's a lie. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what, uh, yeah. what person in their right mind can believe that yeah, and as sirens go off in the background, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Oh, he's, he's telling the truth. He's speaking the truth. Go get, get him. him. Get him. Right. Um, uh, no, it's uh, there's no way that anyone can mistake. You, this woman, um, from my understanding, this officer of, of the law, I don't know what law she represents, uh, used to be the union chief. You know, she, she probably sat on boards that, tr you know, tried over cases that like like these that came to her desk i wonder what her her uh decisions were on those times that those showed up you've been on the force for 26 years you don't know the difference between your gun and your uh, your, your gun, right, stun right. gun or your I actual think she has resigned issues. since then i believe about i believe it was i was i read an article from that that she has since resigned from her position mm. I'm sure they're still going to give her her pension. You know how that always happens. Mm, uh, no. But this, yeah, no. And remember, this is in the wake of the George Floyd uh, hearing that's going on now. Yeah, I'm sure she's. I'm sure she's showing solidarity with the defense on this one. Yeah, so it's definitely another unfortunate incident. Condolences to him and his family there. But man, it's just kind of keeps on going. But again, we won't get into all, all too much of that. We, you know, we've done that before. We'll leave that for another time. But um, and other other in sports news, um, I don't know if you noticed the NCAA. It's finally going to allow transfer players that play oh, college football, college basketball, allow them to transfer without sitting out a season. So starting next year, major college football and basketball players will, will, be, will be permitted to transfer one time before graduating without being required to sit out a year of competition. So there's always been this thing where, you know, if somebody wants to transfer from Alabama to USC or from Florida to Florida State, whatever the case, they had to sit out a year. I didn't really understand why it was the case. Now there have been some exceptions to the rule, like, you know what I mean? Like a Justin Fields, he transferred, um, a Jalen Hurts, he transferred, you know, a, a late, you know, but I mean, to me, I'm on board with this. Let, let them just go. What is the big deal? You know what I mean? Like you're technically, you are a student. You can go wherever you want to go. You're not an employee. Okay. So why are they restricting you? It's not, that you have to sign some sort of a non-disclosure agreement or a non-compete agreement. Right. It's like, think about it. You're a student athlete. Why can't you just go? You know, it's different than like, in the professional world. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on this quickly, Obed? Uh, I completely 100% disagree with you, uh, Sherman. Mm -hmm. Those are those are athletes. Those are junior and professional athletes who, who are, are not getting paid, by a, the way. Go ahead. Uh, who are not, we're not, we're not going to do that either. But mm -hmm. these are these are an asset 
that each of these schools hold um, uh, along with the letter of intent that you give to play. And, uh, you know, they want to be compensated thoroughly. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of scandal that comes out of this, of individuals being asked to enter the, uh, um, the shuttle or the tunnel or whatever they want to call it, uh, so that another team can get what they need. If a team needs a stud wide receiver and stud wide receiver is not getting tick at another school, just leave. You're not really there for school anyways. They're there to play a game that is, you know, I don't even know some of the college professional semi-professional teams are and i'm saying that i'm talking about state universities mm-hmm. are in forbes right now i think university of texas uh longhorns has traditionally been on the forbes top uh sports organizations list you know wow. you're making that kind of money that kids are not getting paid absolutely and you're of course you're not just going to let them go off into another school without some kind of compensation but we'll see what happens yeah i know i like i said you have every right to disagree with me, but I think it's not a big deal. Let them go wherever they want to go, even though they're, you said they're not quote unquote there to go specifically go to school. I mean, even though they should be, they're there really to play football or basketball, whatever the case, especially in basketball, you have the one and done type of thing. But to me, it's like I said, there is no such thing. There's no non-compete agreements you have to sign. You're not an employee. You know what I mean? That's why they're I definitely, say. they're definitely employees. That's fine. They're, they're not being paid like employees. I didn't, that's not the argument that we're having right now. You you and I both know that they need to be getting paid, but you know, obviously, but they are employees. If you think that a student athlete is not an employee of the school that they attend, you're lying to yourself. They they may be uh, portrayed as an employee, but technically speaking, they're not an employee because they're not getting paid, which is another, like I said, that's a topic for another time. Well, we are, I I do want to put this topic on a hold a little bit. Let's get into this on another show because we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, Let's go on to the NBA before we get into the NFL. Quickly about the NBA. Last season in the bubble, they started this play-in tournament thing. I don't know if you saw it, you know, how, um, because, you know, the whole thing with the bubble, things got kind of spiraled and everything because you had the time off, of course, which we understood. But how it basically is working, because all the years before, it was the top eight teams from the East, top eight teams from the West water record, they got into the playoffs, right? So yep. now it's kind of a little bit different where you have the seven and eight seeds. They play each other. The winner earns the seventh spot. Then you have the nine and 10 seed play each other with the loser who gets eliminated. And then the loser of the seven, eight faces the winner of the nine, 10, 10 uh, matchup to get that final eighth spot. To me, it's completely pointless. I don't know why we need a play in tournament what is the big, you know what I mean? So basically, why don't you just say you're getting 10 teams in then? If you want to do, if you want to have more teams, just make it 10 teams then. You know what I mean? I just yeah. don't see the point of it, to be honest with you. That's just my opinion. I, I will agree with you on that one. I, I, I you know, I also echo Luka Doncic, uh, an individual plays 70, you know, three games, 72 games, whatever, what have you, to get into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do we need two games to decide whether you actually go to it or not, you know, and then really puts you at a disadvantage if you're going to play playing games and you're really extra games than everybody else. Like, I, I don't get that at all. Yeah, I just don't see the point in it, to be really honest with you at all. Um, I just think, yeah, having more games unnecessarily where there's like really, really is no need for it, to be honest. I just think it's it's useless. Make it do it as always. The top eight, make it and and this flat out, and that's it, dude. You know, I'm sorry. Listen, people love revenue. Again, these are employees we're talking about, and that mm-hmm. means that they have an owner, mm-hmm. and that owner yep. wants their money. Yep. Uh, Steph Curry recently became the franchise's all-time leader with the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to ask you this flat-out question, though. We all know he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest, or if not the the best shooter of all time, if he has, you know, if he isn't already. Is he the best point guard in, in the NBA right now, Obed? I think he is, considering the pieces around him, what he's able to do on both ends of the floor and give you night in and night out as a leader, knowing that it's kind of a sinking ship around him. I mean, obviously there are pieces there, but you know, you're watching individuals miss wide open layups mm-hmm. or pass off a wide open layup to, you know, either give them the lead or go to the foul line and give them a tie. You know, it's, it's, let me ask you this. If you had to pick a point guard to start your team with, are you picking Steph Curry? Oh my any, God. You're any, any point guard in the league right now. We're talking about a 33 year old Steph Curry. You know, I, I, it's, if I want to start my team, I'm probably not picking the 33 year old guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I can pick a young guy that's younger, more uh, established as well. And I can go mm-hmm. for Kyrie, you know, as like mm-hmm. a true, like pure point guard. I, if he wants to give me the scoring, I don't really want him doing that, but 
Mm. You know, I, to, I, to, to me, I'm going Luka. You're going Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic, man. He's that dude. He's at the all-around game as is far he a as point guard? defense. Yes, he is. You feel like he's a point guard? He is technically speaking, <laughs> yes. He's okay. technically speaking, he, I, he's a point guard. I dude. feel like he is a he is a you know a small forward shooting guard, this little in tweener. Like he's one of those European dudes that just loves the ball and loves I mean, to he, shoot. He's you know, point shoot, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but look, dude, look at uh, what's his name, Russell Westbrook. He's a point guard. You know, he ain't, you know what I mean. He's a shooting. He's a shooting guard in a point guard's body. He's a you know shooting guard in a point guard's body. Yeah. You know, so I guess to say that. Uh, you mentioned your boy Kyrie. I don't know what's up, what's up going on with him again. Um, but dude, he's out for he missed a couple like a day or so, was out for some personal reasons. Um, after this is after being ejected against the Lakers for the first time in his career, along with Dennis Schroeder. But I mean, is it okay for him just to say, "Yo, deuce, yo, I want to be out"? Like, why is it okay for him? You know, just just to kind of just up and leave whenever he wants. He is the star uh, and he has been brought in to play more than a role of just a basketball player for an organization such as the Brooklyn Nets. And sometimes you get special treatment off of stuff like that. Now there is a flip side of this where he, maybe he does have mental illness um, and it is something that he deals with as something that uh, is a debilitating aspect of his life. Um, he's doing what he has to do to mitigate it. You know, I mean, outside of this, we haven't really heard, as much from him as we normally would right seems that when he gets back to basketball everything's okay uh when his personal stuff comes up we have a problem i'm not saying that his personal stuff hasn't been enough to derail some of his opportunities and derail some of the growth that he has in his career path i just he's gonna get (laughs) he's gonna get kid gloves this is the same guy who said oh i don't feel like i have a coach you know i feel like steve (laughs) uh uh, what's the name? Nash. Steve Nash is one of us. Is, a, is another one of the guys. I'm like, they've given him too many. He's got too much leeway with the Nets. That's all that is. Right. I just don't get it, dude. It feels like he's just coming and going as he pleases. He's he's kind of a head case. I mean, for, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's he. I feel like one moment he's in one place. He's, he's I feel like Kyrie's really all over the place, and it's kind of it's kind of just at where his head is. I don't even know where his head is at to to be honest, right, dude. You know what I mean? But hey, here we are. The Nets. That's their problem. That's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. You know. They paid so, the money. Hopefully, they want to see it work. Exactly. Exactly. Let's move it along to the NFL. Obed. Uh, joining us is our professional sports fan, Chris Hamlin from Philadelphia. What's going on with you, man? What's going on, boys? How are you guys doing? You know, I can always complain, but why bother? You know, living the dream. Good to see you again. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Um, as we get started here, some some recent NFL news. I thought this was kind of a cool stat I came across the other day that uh, Titans running back Derrick Henry has more yards after contact than any other player does in the NFL the past couple seasons. Just total yards. He has more after contact yards than other players have total. That to me is just a crazy, crazy stat. I just saw, I just wanted to just share that with you guys. I mean, Obed, is he the best running back in the NFL? I think you think you're going to, you're going to say yes, if I'm not mistaken. You're on- I, I was, I was going to say, Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. That is a crazy question. You think about his, the way his career started in the NFL. Uh, you know, people thought he was going to be this heir apparent to Chris Johnson, uh, you know, and it just wasn't, it just never came to flourish. And he has just been on an absolute tear running steamrolling people, putting people on a poster, you know, and he's not even underneath the basket. Uh, I, I have to say that he's, he's up there for me. I mean, I, I still have a, a thing for Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's just, that's me. I love me some super Camario. I love a dynamic uh, uh, running back who could go for a thousand yards who could catch for a thousand yards. I think it gives you such yeah. a great edge in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Derek Henry is definitely the king right now of running backs. Uh, and somebody's going to have to do what he's doing to kind of just go at that throne. Yeah, I feel you do. Let's keep it going. Um, the Bucks added former Cincinnati Bengal running back Giovanni Bernard. I feel like they're just, it's like almost like the Buccaneers now, Chris, are like just an embarrassment of riches. They just keep adding players. This kind of helps out Tom Brady because I believe Brady recruited him and they needed some pass catching running backs help because I think the Buccaneers led the league with running backs with 15 drops last season, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, Chris, how much better can really can the Bucs be with, the, with this pickup? 
I mean, it's not substantially better. I mean, uh, Bernard's kind of at more towards the end than the beginning, um, you know, of his career. I mean, I do think it's a step up from Shady McCoy. You know, he didn't really come to fruition as, as well as they would like him, you know, in one of those um, rotating running back positions. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's really not even about the running back game. I mean, they're just so flush with talent on the outside and at the tight end position. Um, and I mean, I forget how many stars. I think they said it was 11 or 12 that returned that could have been free agents um, that specifically stayed just to run it back. So it's, it, it is at this point. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy that again, and all 22 starters, both offense, 11, offense, 11 defense will be returning that they all resign. It's just, it's yeah. just crazy. So they pretty much, they have the exact same team as they did last year and look, and look what happened last year, you know, um, and other kind of off the field news, uh, Kansas city head coach, uh, Andy Reid's son has officially been charged uh, with felony driving while intoxicated for his involvement in a car crash earlier this year that left a five-year-old critically injured. Now, obviously, this is, you know, an awful, awful story that came about. Um, but I'm just wondering if this is going to affect Andy Reid at all, Obed, perhaps in the around the in the league itself or even just basically on the field is he going to have to answer kind of continue to answer questions about this is this kind of got maybe maybe drive him away from the game at all what do you think here um that's a terrible pun there about driving but um you know yeah. i'm not 100 so, percent. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't miss that one uh no I, I i don't know i mean we know that there is the court of public opinion and and uh certain uh, certain situations don't always play out well and favorably. I mean, he's got a very hot team with a very, he's got a young gun quarterback. He's got some great talent out there on the outside. You know, they've got a good quality team, quality roster that this is unfortunate. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to distance themselves as much as possible from this as they should. I mean, this is an mm-hmm. individual making his own decisions. Uh, I don't know how this all, I haven't, I don't have too much information about all this, but the, everything I have read concerning him being 0.11 over the legal limit, him being near the facility when this happened, you know, and then striking someone an off ramp. I hope they distance themselves from this. Cause it did to me, it seems like he was what drinking near his job, maybe at his job. I, I don't know. I don't he know. Was, I mean, he was speeding. I think he was going almost just about 84 miles per hour you know, you know, just two seconds before his, his vehicle uh, collided with two other two parked cars, you know, 86 on on a ramp. What are you doing? Like two, like this, it's just, it's like I said, terrible, terrible situation uh, for those that are involved, especially the, the young, young uh, girl who was injured, but hopefully everything's okay there. Let's move along to our next topic. And there's a reason why I'm going to go to Chris on this one, because I already know how Obed's going to react to this one. So uh, I'm going to go to you, Chris, first, but I will get your opinion, Obed, on this one, because I know you have some comments. So let me just go to Chris first. Uh, Obviously, the news came out the other day that uh, Patriots star wide receiver Julian Edelman, the veteran receiver of the member of three championship teams, has officially announced his retirement from football. So the first question I ask to you, Chris, is he really done? And then second is, if he does return, where would he go? I'm actually answer the second one first. Okay. Um, if, if he returns, where would he go? I think we all know where he would go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but to that point, he's not going to go there because he's done. There, there's a difference. So like when Gronk retired, yes, Gronk had some body issues, but it was just more of the grind of the Patriot way. It just got to him like it kind of got to Brady after a while because, you know, Gronk, bigger than life, just likes to be who he is. And it was just a lot on him. So it was more of the mental fatigue than the physical, I personally believe. Um, but with Julian Edelman, as he's even said multiple times now, the wheels have come off. Um, so for him, it is physical. I mean – you know, but good for him. Seventh round pick, um, you know, never played the receiver position before the pros. I mean, I mean, kudos to him. I think he had a phenomenal career, but I do think he's done. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I believe it was a former quarterback at, at Kent state, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that he uh, is a Super Bowl MVP wide receiver, you know, there's talk about, could he be a hall of famer? Tip, honestly speaking, his numbers are not Hall of Fame numbers. Let's just be honest. They're not. They're not Hall of Fame numbers. But just the fact that he has the rings and that and that a Super Bowl MVP trophy, that will push him along. Well, sure. I'll say this on the number side of things. Um, you guys both know I'm a Steelers fan, right? One of the all-time great Steelers. Uh, you know, he's on the, the, the ring of fame that they have there, Mr. Lynn Swan. Let me read something to you guys. Lynn Swan, Hall of Famer. 
games, 116. Receptions, 336. Yards, 5,462. Julian Edelman, career, 137. And that includes all those long Patriot runs into the Super Bowls. 620 receptions, 6,822 receiving yards. So if you're saying Lynn Swan, based on his numbers, can get in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Plus, he has some of the most iconic catches in NFL playoff history. So I think it's a fair debate. Oh, oh Ben, I know you want to weigh in here. This is your, your dude from your squad. I mean, are you sad to see him go? Do you think he is actually done and could he be in the Hall of Fame? But to Chris's point, I think you're, you're right, Chris. I think he could be. But Oh, Ben, go ahead. Take it away. I, I love everything that Chris just said. I mean, it's, it's, you know, when you, it's hard to compare that generation to this generation, but if his contemporaries came together and said that that person played the game at a level in a way that was the, you know, pinnacle of playing and the way that you change the sport, uh, then I have to think that there's some merit on this side with Julian Edelman. Uh, you know, again, it, it's, it's that his numbers rival only, only Jerry Rice in the postseason with the number of catches, yards, and touchdowns that he's gotten. Um, I, I just, it's, it's, uh, it is a very hard discussion because I feel like the player that he, Wally Pipped, uh, Wes Welker, uh, was a person who revolutionized the position that he would then step into um, with the kind of work that, that uh, Wes was able to do and accomplish in his career. But we've got guys like Isaac Bruce and Reggie Wayne who are not in the Hall of Fame. And it mm. is hard for me, I'm hard pressed to say that those individuals would not get a bust in Canton, Ohio before uh, Julian Elman did. So Pat Johnson, Greg Jennings, yeah, you know. Jared Jennings put an entire team on his back. That's what I'm saying. That's and those guys don't get in. That's that's crazy to me. That's that's why I say, Chris, I see your point. Comparing it to Lynn Swan, I see, I get that. But like like Obed just said, you have guys that are probably going to say are better than J- Julian Edelman, and they're still yeah. The wide receiver position, it almost has to be unanimous amongst peers and 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 likewise that oh yeah that's a hall of famer from the beginning because it takes a long time i mean look even at heinz ward heinz ward redefined the receiver position too in many ways because of his physicality his blocking his toughness what he did from that and i mean heinz ward isn't even i think he's at his fifth or sixth time another another converted quarterback no less right dude look at t.o didn't get in right away well that that was his own fault that was his own fault (laughs) but number come on Football speaking, T.O. deserves to be – T.O. is the third greatest wide receiver of all time. I don't want to hear I it. think Stetson. I'm over Randy Moss, but yeah. No, it's, I'm, it's Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and then T.O. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then he didn't get in right away. It's it's a, it is, it's a matter of opinion and popularity contest sometimes, but that's neither here nor there. Let's continue our divisional breakdown, Obed. Uh, we are going to go with the – finish out the AFC this week. Going to go with the AFC North. One of the reasons why we're bringing Chris here as he is a Pittsburgh fan. We'll start up with Baltimore, though, who finished 11 and 5 last year in 2020. Um, Obed, I know you have high critiques for Lamar Jackson. So that's why I really want to go to you on this one here. What does he really need to improve? Because I mean, to become an elite QB. Well, he is a, an elite athlete, an elite player in the NFL, just from a quarterback position. So I know you have some, some, some harsh critiques on him sometimes, just be able to throw the rock. So what does he need to improve to help step his game up to leave Baltimore to the promised land? So, you know, I mean, they, they've got the, uh, the offense for it um, to at least keep them in games and to when they're in the lead, take advantage of bleeding the clock because they run the most out of everyone. Um, but again, he just has got to get better at uh, delivering the ball uh, all over the field, you know, while, and this is the thing that people will get you on. Well, he's got a 66%, you know, or 64% average completion percentage. Okay, great. All right. Like what happens when the touchdowns aren't there? You got a 9% touchdown rate uh, in 2019, his NFL MVP season, and then it dropped down to 6.9. He's at 7.2 right now. Okay. Let's say he kind of regresses back to his mean and gets somewhere around eight, 1.1 clip on his on his last year's number is great but if he's not 
making it an obvious threat that he's going to step back and he's going to see the field and he's going to be able to find a guy. We talked about how they needed a wide receiver one, and I think they do, but that individual is going to play the role of T.Y. Hilton over the last few years, where you are just a decoy. You are running around. We might not get a serviceable ball out to you, but we need you to run routes because the quarterback situation is not as secure. Um, you know, they, they're going to need, and it's, it might not be all in him as well. You know, I think they're going to get a second, uh, uh, second year step, uh, from their most recent running back. I can't remember who they drafted. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you know, Gus Edwards is going back to play the banger role for them. Um, really, you know, if they can get, uh, Andrews, Mark Andrews, um, back up to the kind of production that he had prior to last year mm-hmm. uh, i think that they'll be poised to move forward i really want to remind everyone that matt judon signed with the new england patriots and this man is a punishing linebacker coming off the edge he roasted uh uh, Josh Allen uh, with a, just a devastating sack that uh, caused a strip, uh, caused a sack, uh, caused a fumble, excuse me. Um, and, you know, I just, they're going to need to replace him. Those, those hunking linebackers. And I guess, you know, Chris will have to speak to this. Uh, if he feels like the, the middle of the uh, Ravens defense is just a little softer than it's been uh, in the last few years and losing guy match on, that's going to be hard, especially if you're not scoring points because a quarterback isn't effective. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree, actually, with that. I, I think that it's more for them. It's going to focus on the defensive side this year with the draft. Um, I do, like you said, okay, I think they need to um, sharpen up that interior. Um, right now, you know, as, it, as they are, they're, I think they're 26th or 27th in the draft. If I were them, I would actually make a very bold move and try to move up the draft and get my boy from uh, Penn State, Micah Parsons, the linebacker position, because for whatever reason, he keeps dra- – he keeps – falling every every new mock draft i see from espn and others you know he used to be you know number seven to ten range now he's down in like the low teens if they could somehow bundle something to get him up i think that would be a great play for them because it was been rumored that he was gonna go maybe to like the 12th pick maybe to the to the to the eagles chris you know what i mean but and right now, uh, what Baltimore sits at, what, 27, I think it is. So, yeah, I mean, jumping up that much, that's going to take a lot to jump up. But, yeah, from a positional standpoint, I think, you know, you got to start on the defensive side for sure, maybe even an edge rusher or a safety. Um, but even more so to a best point, wide receiver. Now, they picked up Sammy Watkins this offseason, but Sammy Watkins is did not pan out the way, you know, some folks thought he would, you know, um, coming out of Clemson. And he hasn't really been, he has, he has had his moments. Don't get me wrong, but I thought they would go after a guy like an Allen Robinson um, from Chicago or somebody like that, you know, to kind of be a true number one receiver, Hollywood Brown. I don't know how much, how far he can go. They were relying on, they were relying on him and think he can, thinking he could be the legit number one guy. He's that deep threat down the field. Don't get me wrong. He can, he can stretch the field out, but I don't know, you know if it's really Sammy Watkins was the answer at that position. Now this draft is, it has a buttload of wide receivers. I think if they do move up, Chris, it will be to get a wide receiver. Like, you know, if let's say uh, a, a Jalen Waddle, I highly doubt Jalen Waddle, if he will be around or, or, or a uh, Devonte Smith for that matter. I think we're gonna have I think we're gonna have four receivers out in the first twelve or thirteen picks. So I don't see them moving up that high for it. I mean, these wide receivers are are, are this is one this is one of the best wide receiver classes in in a long time. So I don't know. Yeah. Yep. No, I I agree. I agree for sure. Yep. Uh, let's move on to our next team, which is the Cleveland Browns, who finished eleven and five as well last year. Uh, Chris, I'll just I'll go to you here for this one. Uh, can Baker Mayfield truly be truly successful in Cleveland? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I think he's taken, you know, incremental, um, in, you know, incremental, God, I can't even think of my words. Yeah, he's got, yeah, a little bit better each and every year. Now he's getting more comfortable in the system. You know, um, the one thing that I hear about Baker is that his teammates love him. And he really has bought into the Cleveland culture, whatever that may be. And the, and the fans love him. So he's, you know, becoming more and more of a leader. Um, I, I still love that he throws his hat backwards just to give a big, you know, you know, thumbs up, uh, not the thumb, if you know what I mean, to Colin Cowherd for always talking trash and for wearing a hat backwards. But no, I think he's going to be very successful. If you keep him in that, I'll say that 25 to 28, uh, uh, you know, step backs a game, don't have him throwing the ball 40 or 50 times, you know, use that amazing one, two running um, uh, combination they have there. 
and just kill it with that defense that we just we all saw now just got even better might be the best defense in the league um absolutely he can be successful yeah you mentioned the deal on the defensive side they just signed Jadavian Clowney he's going to play opposite of Miles Garrett who's probably one of the best pass rushers in the NFL uh Obed I mean now it's really just a matter of is this offense going to continue to click you know Chris mentioned about the running backs with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt really the key now is, is OBJ and it's been rumors that OBJ OBJ can actually end up being get out of Cleveland could he end up being traded away do you think he does return Obed and if so you know how far can this team really go now, I, I think he'll come back. There was talk of him ending up in, uh, in uh, Tampa Bay, you know, obviously, because they're getting everyone. And, and to the point about them <laughs> signing Giovanni Bernard, uh, Tom Brady was actually trying to court James White, who of which you remember he won a Super Bowl with as the New England Patriots in a shocking game uh, finale to uh, the, the Super Bowl. I think it was 41 against the Atlanta Falcons. 51. Uh, 51, 51, there we go. Um, and but shit, Tom Brady, excuse me, Tom Brady might have played in Super Bowl 41, anyways. Uh, at any rate, um, <laughs> does OBJ come back? He's, he's, he's played, in, played in all, he's probably played in 21, exactly, right? <laughs> in a, in a 11. Um, I would, <laughs> is that there was with him, the was that him beside, was that him standing beside Vince Lombardi? I, I was remember. gonna say, did he have the, the, the leather helmet? Is he one of those guys? Did Tom Brady help invent football? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure he did okay. back, in, back in Iowa. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that, the, I mean, obviously we've seen what this offense can do. They take off with the uh, players that they do have. I think Richard Higgins has been playing very well for them. Uh, you see that they've got uh, uh, Baker Mayfield is a fantastic rapport with Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, they wait to use him till the end of the season. Does that mean that he is never healthy enough to play the position? You have another guy who is a stud, but he seems to be never healthy to play the position in uh, OBJ. Yeah, it's a terrible injury that he's coming back from, but, you know, it's a headache worth it they just never seem to mesh well I know they were they were fantastic uh you know co-wide receivers at LSU but they have now become the they they are basically to me the NFL's version of James Harden and Michael Westbrook both of them each one you know, Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook both of them has won have won an MVP but together they just can't get it done without the same team well here's the thing guys though they can't trade them because oh, Ben, to your point um the headache who's going to want to take the headache for the contract Number one, and coming off an injury, you kind of don't know what you're going to see from him. And then third point, if they would release him, it's like a 13 million hit on the cap. So, I mean, I just don't mm, think point, it's Chris. possible from a business standpoint to get him traded at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a wise move. I think you have two legit weapons in, in Landry and, and Beckham Jr. So I just don't see it. You know what I mean? I mean, as far as improvements, what they got to do, um, I think you need to go uh, probably – Line, I think improve the linebacker position, probably. You know, you got the edges on the defensive on the defensive side there on the on the line. Probably improve the linebacker position, um, if not maybe even the safety position as well too. Offensively, I think I think they're okay for now. Um, but I think Cleveland has probably the biggest upside in the AFC North, dude. I know I know Baltimore's there. Don't get me wrong. You've got the MVP quarterback in Lamar Jackson, and we know they're going to be good for a while. But I think Cleveland, with all the pieces they've got. Um, I think uh, their head coach has really turned this team around. Uh, Kevin it was a Kevin Stefanski from, has rejuvenated this city, rejuvenated his team. I think he's got ahead of got them headed on the right path, dude. So we'll see how they continue to do this upcoming season. Next up, Chris, let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who won the division last year, finished twelve and four after starting the year being what eleven and zero, if I'm not mistaken, right, Chris? And they kind of yeah. fell off towards the end there. Yeah. This could be the last year for Big Ben Roethlisberger, isn't that right? Well, the, they fell off the end year because Ben Roethlisberger's arm fell off. I mean, the dude was throwing it 58 <laughs> times a game. I mean, I, I've never seen that offense in, in all the years I've been watching the Steelers. It was interesting. Very dink and dunk, but still just way too much passing. Um, yeah, I mean, ben, Ben's looking – obviously, he's looking up age. I mean, out of that amazing draft class uh, of 04 of him, Eli and Phillip Rivers, you know, he's the last man standing. So, um, this is definitely the year. I mean, I know they brought in Dwayne Haskins. I, I don't know about that. Um, I'm, I'm hearing rumblings, you know, they're, they're taking some really long looks at um, both uh, Kyle Trask from Florida and Davis Mills from Stanford. Um, I think they're going to be sitting there in that, um, you know, that low 20 range if they actually want to take a quarterback in the first round. But I honestly think they could pick up a quarterback in the second round. I definitely think this is probably Ben's last year. 
Yeah, they're sitting right now. They're sitting at 24th in the draft order. Obed, I mean, Ben has done so much for this franchise. It's just hard to, it's even hard to think that, you know, he wouldn't be there any longer. But yeah, Chris's, Chris's point, all they did was throw the rock. This is they're not, they're using the Pittsburgh way. They're, their way is running the football. James Conner didn't pan out the way they thought he would, even That's having a, a, you know, having a good 2019 season. Now he's gone. I think he's moved on to Arizona. If I'm not mistaken, is Bobby is is only not is it not Bobby Snell? Is it uh, Benny Snell, right, Benny Chris? Snell. Benny Snell is he the is he the answer? Can he take over that lead role? And I'm and I was kind of shocked that Juju Smith Schuster even even resigned with the Steelers. Sorry, you want to take that one? Yeah, no, yeah. No, I completely agree with you uh, on, uh, you know, the points on Big Ben has given the Steelers. I mean, amazing. If there's there's a person that I have hated as wearing that Steelers uniform, it's probably Big Ben. (laughs) If he's, if he, he will have snapped his ankle and it'd be taped with like 15 rolls of duct tape and he Hmm. will be out there and throw for 500 yards and give his team a chance chance to win. So there has to be something said about that. Got his joints uh, together with Gorilla Glue out there oh my goodness gracious i mean i don't know that they were just trotting them out there i don't know how many drugs are inside of that man to keep playing uh but you know i i i will i will give him that as far as being a, a fierce competitor um now what the steelers have not done that they've always really historically done is just have a stable of talent all over the place so the same team that had santonio holmes it's the same team that didn't have extra passes for emmanuel sanders this is the same team that at one time always had somebody able to rock run the rock you know and that just does not seem to be the case i don't think this run game has been the as bad as it's been since the team that lost the super bowl you know what i mean i, I think this is the worst that it's been in a long time and that is because uh james connor did not pan out i i will be honest with you i like benny snow benny was too small and not ready to play at a bit the big leagues but was a fantastic running back at the university of kentucky uh and has you know i think in some of the spots that i've seen him in especially in that playoff game against the browns go back and watch Benny Snell looked like he, he was an effective running back. I bet just James Conner cannot stay healthy. And if he goes out to Arizona and doesn't stay healthy, well, then we know what his problem was. Um, right, right. But I, I think uh, to, to Chris's point, I think they need to start looking at a quarterback. I think they need to get someone and it will probably have to be somebody in the second round that you think could actually start playing sooner rather than later, because it, the only reason Juju is back is because the team has affirmed that they're going to put him back in the league dog role and give him, give him stats, give him plays. If this means that we're going to see, uh, 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 what's his name? Claypool, uh, Chase on the Claypool. outside, Chase Claypool on the outside, taking number one coverage, Chase Claypool is going to uh, evolve into a number one receiver and it's going to be real quick. Um, that's going to open up stuff for Juju to operate in the role that he's always been been akin to is not the number one receiver because Juju is not a number one Juju played across from Antonio Brown at who at the time was the best wide receiver in the NFL so when I'm if the the safety is talking to the second corner over the top who's sitting behind the first corner and they are all talking about how to stop me that guy over there, Juju, is lining up across from a third corner, you know, somebody who just is not ready to cover Juju, and that's what Juju needs. Juju is a fantastic number two wide receiver, but he needs to play against other guys who are not dogs because he's not getting it done against number ones and has not this year um, outside of injury. But mm-hmm. if Chase is ready, that offense could be scary again. They do really need a run game, and, you know, hopefully they find it. Chris, let me ask you this quickly um, before we move on to Cincinnati. Um no pun intended there, but uh, if the Steelers can't really turn this thing around as far as, you know, improve the go back to that really traditional winning culture, you know, they finished, you know, they finished, they, would, they still had a great year last year, but, you know, they haven't really gone deep in the playoffs in quite some time. Let's say what's in the next year, two years, things like that. If the wheels kind of start to fall off, do you think Mike Tomlin could end up being forced out? <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's oh, allowable that was a, that was a serious question my bad guys um <laughs> uh hell no he has yet to have a losing season since he took over for bill cower mike tomlin is not the problem mike tomlin is a top three top five coach in this league and that's not even a question and the way the steelers are as an organization, the way the Rooney's run that organization, they don't run coaches out. They've had three coaches in like 70 years. Um, that's just not their style. That's, that's not the way they do things. Um, I mean, as Steelers fans, yes, we're very greedy and we're used to being in AFC championships and Super Bowls. 
Um, You know, we had more than anyone else until Tom Brady came along, of course. Um, (laughs) So, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I I don't think unless somehow they would go three seasons in a row of like, you know, what I would call, you know, Cleveland Brown Cincinnati years of four and 12 or, you know, five and 11, then we might have a conversation. But until the man at least goes seven and nine, I don't even think that's a debate. All right. I feel you, dude. I mean, yeah, he's definitely one of the most successful coaches in the, in the league right now and has been for quite some time. So, yeah. But as far as the draft's concerned, I think you're right, Chris. I think they need to address the quarterback position uh, first and foremost, if it is Ben's last year, um, even the offensive line, because I think they're a long time also lineman. Pouncey announced his retirement. So they need to do fix that up as well, too. Um, and probably even maybe getting like an edge rusher there. So we'll see how they, they do in the, the draft uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we're on to Cincinnati now. So the, the Bengals finished 4-11 and last year, more so because Joe Burrow obviously got his knee torn up. He was out for the majority of the season. Obed, is Joe Burrow legit or is he not? Because he looked when he was in there, he looked good. Joe Burrow's legit. I have to think that Joe Burrow, like I've said it before, he gives me hope that the next wave of quarterbacks understand the art of quarterbacking. Um, There's nothing wrong with exiting the pocket. Don't let that be your first move. You know what I mean? Like his ability, there were, and to me watching him play last year, it was the throwaways. It was the throwaway throws that, you know, he would try to hit uh, AJ Green on the outside. AJ would get the toes in, but the ball is just a little bit out there. But then you see AJ get up and confirm with the kid, like, hey, I'm happy you saw that. I'm happy you trusted me and threw it. As a lot of quarterbacks in the league who are not willing to make that throw who've been in the leagues for years. Um, I I think that he's legit. The question that really comes down to it is what is Cincinnati going to do? They have another budding star. They have another opportunity to have a good team. They probably haven't had a quarterback this good since uh uh uh, Carson, Carson, Palmer. Uh, Carson, Palmer. Carson Palmer. Yeah. Carson Palmer was there. Um, and his they, they, well, they did What can you do? It's, it's when you're not protecting your quarterback, which is why I feel like their best bet. Again, at their, they didn't, they didn't protect Joe Burrow last year. They did, you know, so like, you know, go and get Panay Sewell, go get the offensive lineman from the Oregon ducks, go and make sure that your offensive line is set. I would love to reunite the kid with his number one in Jamar chase. That is not going to help you. You have Tyler Boyd, you have Auden Tate, uh, you have T Higgins, you have uh, wide receivers, maybe go and get a tight end. Perhaps, you know, you've got a running back in Joe Mixon who can catch the ball. Do you um, think those wide receivers are, are better than Jamar Chase? You know, Jamar Chase is just coming out of college right now, but Jamar Chase looks to be the real deal. You think Tyler Boyd or T Higgins is the real deal? I don't believe that Tyler Boyd or T Higgins are the, okay, let me step back. I think that they are professional wide receivers in the NFL and they will play their position professionally. They will come to, to play every week. Mm-hmm. They are never going to be the creme de la creme, but is Tyler Boyd going to catch 200 balls in two years? hundred percent. He is going to lock down that, that slot position. Is T Higgins going to be a nice big threat for them? He is. Uh, Auden Tate is a big, tall guy for him. I think that the pieces are there for a quarterback like Joe Burrow to just attribute the ball to all these guys, but they're never going to have like one stalwart dog. I don't think he needs one. Right, right. Chris. Yeah, I agree with though, Ben. Like, they don't need that this year. I think Jamar Chase is that dude. I do. But they don't need him this year. What, what, just to Obed's point, they need to take the tackle for Morgan. I mean, this guy, you know, by all accounts and by all draft experts, he's a once-in-a-generation tackle. He's a Jonathan Ogden. He's a Joe Thomas. He's a, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 Pro Bowl type, you know, mm-hmm. left tackle. Protect him. Protect Joe Burrow and his knee that he's already torn up in his rookie year. Get that man, keep him upright because that's the kind of quarterback he is. And then go out and get your Jamar Chase next year, you know, or or get a free agent. Maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe OBJ will be on the market next year, you know, or get a receiver in the second round. You know what I mean? Because they, yeah, I mean, you don't need, you know, you don't need that. I would definitely, um, you know, get that line fixed up and, and, and keep your boy upright. I mean, he's, he, yeah, he's the truth. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually, I actually agree with you guys there. Get Panay Sewell at the at the number five spot, and then go to the second round, and then go wide receiver. I think those are their two most important draft needs right now: is offensive line and wide receiver, and then maybe even perhaps I think Obed, you were saying offline that maybe even the safety and the linebacker position because the like the Bengals haven't had a strong defense in quite some time. They haven't been known to have a a top tier defense in in the last what ten years or so. Since, I think since Mike Zimmer left, actually. Okay. And how long ago was that? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been he's been in um, uh, Minnesota for at least, what, six years now, maybe? Yeah. Seven years? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think after you address wide receiver and uh, offensive line, then wide receiver, then go strong, strong on the defense. That's the only way they're going to compete in that, especially in that division, dude. With the with Baltimore putting up numbers, the potential of Cleveland putting up high high numbers on offense, you have to have a strong defense to compete with these with these guys. But you're right; you guys are both right. You need to protect your franchise QB because it looks like that's what Joe Burrow is, hundred percent. Oh, Ben. I mean, did you, sorry. Did you want to say something there? No, no, no. I was going to say. I mean, with the addition of the earlier, we said Jadavion Clowney had just signed with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you're having right. a, you're having your hands filled just keeping Miles Garrett off of him. You know, now you've got another stud to deal with. It might be time right. to start stacking the line. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, folks, I think that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um. Oh, Chris. Before we head out, I wanted to get your thought real quick. I know we, in the beginning of the show you weren't on. We talked about DMX his passing and how his impact on the rap game. What's your favorite DMX song real quick, dude? Oh God, that's what you really want. Damn, that was like, you know, every time get ready for a hockey game or, you know, getting ready for a lift, you know. Dude, when you that's the that's the music you put on when you're in the gym. You want to get amped up, you put you throw on some DMX, dude. That just gets you yeah. like amped up. You want to almost like want to have like a mosh pit start, just start punching people out, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I mean, I mean, I mean, may he rest in peace. To be honest, I mean, his you know his lifestyle and everything that happened. The only thing Obviously. growing up, I, I was surprised that you know he was fifty. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, that the actual X so we're gonna give it to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep, facts, man. Oh my goodness. Well, folks, we thank you again for joining in, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Obed, uh, any last words for the people before we roll out of here? Tomorrow is payday, and mm. tomorrow is also the last official reg not official day, the last regular day you were supposed to have done your taxes. You have until uh, May 20th. Um, 17th, I mean, 17th, I keep telling people to forget what day they actually need to put there. I'm messing y'all up. Don't listen yo, to me. Yo, yo, <laughs> yo, oh, I'm, I'm about to get y'all caught up, people. 17th, May 17th. Make sure you've got your taxes paid. You know, <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed your Biden bucks. You know, go out there and it re- infuse that co- the economy. Do your part. Uh, and and just make sure sh- and make sure you don't pay your taxes if you only with Usher bucks either, people, because those will not work. Okay. <laughs> does, does does the our 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 uh you know our tax checks coming back yet in Bitcoin or no? Oh. I I hope so. I hope so. I will take an appreciated asset. Go ahead, give it to me. Yeah, like I said, no. I want Doge Coin. I want Doge Coin. I want all the Doge Coin. <laughs> give me some NFTs. I want some non-fungible tokens. <laughs> oh well, folks, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at the WWENT. For our guest, Chris, my co-host, Obed, I am sure, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.